We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey, Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. <laughs> this is Alabama coach Nate Oates. When we're not playing. I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Monday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. Rob Dawson here. I got with me Laval Jordan. I got with me Terrence Oglesby. We're live. Sirius XM channel 84 that is college sports radio we are over on the youtube channel jump in the chat ask us some questions we're going to be hanging out presented by our partners over at bet river sportsbook i do have something cool i want to talk with you guys about just a little bit later it's called run your pool we got a fun partnership there we're giving away fifteen hundred dollars in cash prizes i'm going to tell you about that a little bit later Guys, we're watching Big 12 games right here. We're going to be talking about the bubble. We're going to be talking about North Carolina's win. But the biggest story of the night, without a doubt, March Madness is officially here. The Atlantic Sun tournament started today. We have tournaments. We have March. We have brackets. Are are you guys fired up? I'm juiced up. I'm ready to go. This is the second time I've been on a show today with Terrence Oglesby. I'm bringing the heat today, guys. I don't know how you're feeling. I'm feeling great. Shout out Kenny Dye. One of the better point guards nobody knows about, Queens Queens College, Queens University, Grant Leonard, first postseason win in Atlantic Sun Division One history for the Queens Royals. Get it done. I had to play against those guys, Laval, whenever I was at a, D, at a D2 school, Carson Emma, we had to play them, and they had a whole bunch of D1 dudes. They're still the same team, and now they're getting wins in the A-Sun. You tell me how that works. Congratulations to them. Beautiful university right in the middle of Charlotte. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the weekend led into it. I mean, the Arizona State shot, the Florida State shot, Hunter Dickinson yesterday, and then Bellarmine throws in one tonight. You know, it's like, all right, here we go. It's that time of year. It's just something about it starts getting a little bit warmer. The days are just a little bit longer than all of a sudden every prayer that gets thrown up from 65 feet finds a way to go. Do you see the shot that Joel Embiid hit that didn't count? Yeah, yeah. On Saturday, like that, that's yeah. where we are right now. That's where we are in the basketball calendar. Crazy stuff is going to happen. Buckle up. I'm here for it. I mentioned it. We got to talk about Big 12 stuff. We're going to get to that here in a little bit. I know that Laval has a take. He feels very strongly about where Kansas is currently seated in the NCAA tournament. I'll let him tee off on the selection committee in a little bit. Before we do, T.O., 
look, man, you've been anti-North Carolina. You don't like these Tar Heels. You don't like the way that they play. I'm kind of with you, but like Caleb Love was hitting shots tonight, put four guys in double figures. Pete Nance, Lemon Orioles, apparently that's his PEDs. They won tonight. They went into Tallahassee. They beat Florida State. They all they tried to blow it. They tried to pull first, Miami, for, first of all, first of all, Lemon Oreos, that's sacrilege. Okay. Like let's just <laughs> let's just start where we need to start there. Lemon Oreos, sacrilege. Uh secondly. Florida State lost to Clemson by 42 points. So let's keep this in perspective. Or Clemson beat Florida State by 42 points. Let's keep this in perspective. Uh, this does nothing for Florida State's tournament resume. The only thing that could have helped or hurt was if they lost. <laughs> it almost hurt It almost hurt them, the fact that it got so close at the end because they probably would have dropped five spots in the net. I can't wait for Laval to get on the net because I feel like I've been the lone ranger Going against this nonsense. I, I went against this nonsense and the man so much with this net. I got my Twitter hacked. That's how long I have been going after the net. The people, they came after me, Laval. They came after me. But all that being said, the only thing Carolina shouldn't have done was lose that game. Other than that, this was a no-win situation for them outside of, I guess, it's a feel-good story for us to be able to talk about a little bit at the beginning of this show. I'll say this, T.O. Don't be, don't hate on lemon Oreos. <laughs> lemon Oreos. See, here we are. <laughs> Two, who it was somebody. Why did we just now figure out lemon Oreos was the key for Pete Nance? So, so Trey Burke like cranberry juice. He's the only player when we were at University of Michigan at pregame meal, and and when we get to the, the hotel dinner the night before, that like so Coach Beeline comes in and he's like mad no one's drinking the cranberry juice so and we're paying for it so this is coach b in a nutshell he's like why are we paying he's looking around and there's full there's full uh, containers of cranberry juice trey burke's only i drink it so us as assistant coaches we go to the manager he's like hey you guys have to go and chug cranberry juice because we're going to keep buying cranberry juice because trey likes it so why yeah. did we just now figure out lemon Oreos for, for Pete Nance? Somebody was supposed to figure this out, Rob. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I just don't trust anybody. Not a kidney stone. Not, hey, not a kidney so, stone in sight for Michigan's managers. Yeah. After all, <laughs> like, coach, coach was ready to cut cranberry juice from the from the menu. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. <laughs> All right, no, but so Carolina, the balance scoring is uh is is as much as I agree with you, T.O. They just needed to avoid a loss tonight. Mm -hmm. Look, they they still have one quad one win in terms of resume and things like that, but they're, they're playing better. And I think the fact that Armando wasn't a factor is good for them, to be honest. It's yeah, like beating Nance involved the last two games is what everybody's been hoping for all season. Balance scoring, they have fifteen assists tonight. Uh, and they only have that's a mirror that's a minor miracle right there <laughs> and they only have 12 for the year so so i think you know i wouldn't i don't get too caught up in armando you know not doing a lot because they need those other guys when they push into the acc tournament yeah are, are you worried about that though like to the the thing that we've been saying all season long is north carolina's got to find a way to get the ball to the big fella right and now in, in one of these important games, he takes four shots. I know he was in a little bit of foul trouble, but is this uh would I am I wrong to be a little bit concerned about the idea that this could be negative reinforcement that not running offense through your horse is is uh is a good thing? 
he was also playing against somebody. Oh no, Musa Cisse just took a serious spill. Uh, sorry. Uh, no. The, here, here's my thing. It, it's Armando Baycott's been good all year. This this team is not dictated wins and losses by what he's done. I mean, his effort level has been there all season. He went up against seven and five today. Uh, Naheem McLeod's a pretty good player as long as he's moving his feet and he's getting to guard other five men. When he gets pulled out away from the rim, that's when he struggles. When he's guarding another big, he's fine. But the the whole thing comes down to how Caleb Love plays. If he's engaged and he's a part of everything, if he's moving the ball, he's playing defense, he's hitting shots, like Carolina's really, really good. And we know that. Like, we, no, this is not a mystery to anybody. The thing is, is it, he hasn't been – committed to doing the other things all season long. And whenever he's not hitting shots, he's in that negative because he's not doing anything else because he gets discouraged and pissed off. So like if Caleb love is good, Caleb love, he can get them back to the elite eight. The problem is, is it too late now? Because in my mind, guys, if their name wasn't North Carolina, they wouldn't even be sniffing the the next four in, but their name is North Carolina. So they are in the next four in. So like if they beat Duke, they get a couple of wins in the ACC tournament, like they're, they're in the tournament. But that all being said, if they beat Duke and then they lose in the first round, they still still might get in because their name's North Carolina. That's kind of where I'm at with it as well. Uh, it, it's we know what this team is, Laval, right? We know exactly who they are. There's no secrets when it comes to this group. We saw the run that they made. Let me ask you this though: is this is this the kind of situation where you don't want to see them when you get to March? Right, you don't want to see them when you get to the ACC tournament because you know what their ceiling can be when they decide that they care. And if like the last two weeks they decided that they care, you know, is it, are we going to see number one North Carolina again? How easy is that flip to switch? Uh, yeah, switch the hour, to flip, the, flip to switch. Hour, switch. How easy that that switch, switch to flip? flip. <laughs> yeah, I, the um, I would say the hourglass effect is a real thing, and when you get you know guys with the, the sand running out and Pete Nance, like this is it. This is the Michael Jackson tour. You know, this is it. And and now you see him, you know, stepping up. Caleb Love, I don't know everyone's intentions on their roster. But when you look at uh, Villanova, for instance, Justin Moore, those guys, like, yeah, I think they could come back with COVID. I don't know what the plans are. But, you know, they don't – in Carolina, there's a lot of weight when you're Nova, Carolina, to be the team. Like, you don't want to be the team that was in the Final Four last year and does not make it into the tournament. You're Nova. You don't want to be the first – senior group at Nova that doesn't get in. So they're going to be a hard out just from a uh, the standpoint of a pride. Like nobody wants that on their resume. Uh, Caleb Love included all those guys. So you're going to get their best effort. I, and I don't know if we've seen that with this group, to T.O.'s point. Like, you know, everybody's kind of been trying to do it a different way. Um, but we may see the best version of them here down the stretch. All right, let's talk a little big picture ACC because the ACC is something that I just can't seem to wrap my mind around, right? The Pittsburgh Panthers, the fighting Jeff Capels, are currently all alone in first place in this league. We just saw Miami, who I thought was the best team in this conference by by a, uh, by a good bit. They uh, blew a 25-point lead at home with the ACC regular season championship on the line to a Florida State team that has not been very good this year that ended up being a quad three loss. And uh, it's 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 the biggest loss or the biggest uh, blown lead in ACC basketball history. To you're an ACC guy. 
What do you make of Pitt? What do you make of UVA? What do you make of Miami? What do you make the top of this conference? Like, why explain this to me? Because please, I, I'm I'm trying to figure it out and I can't wrap my mind around it the way that you can't wrap your mind around the net. Or lemon Oreos. Or, or lemon, lemon Oreos. Oreos. <laughs> so we need to throw that part in that. I can't wrap my my brain around lemon Oreos. Uh you know what? I, I think the ACC, the top seven or eight teams are good. I, I just think it's the wrong top seven or eight teams that are good. <laughs> <laughs> like you look at B- Pittsburgh's at the top, that's a tough bunch. And Cable's done a phenomenal job with those guys. Like he's always had guys that are tough, that are a little rugged, that are rough around the edges, that'll rebound with their elbows high. Like he 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 likes those kind of guys. And this team and that roster fits that dynamic. I mean, Jamarius Burton's been a bucket. They've got a bunch of different guys that can throw offense in the mix now with all this toughness play. And while their metrics aren't beautiful. And a lot of the metrics are skewed because some of the bottom in the middle of the the bottom and the bottom half of the middle of the ACC there, it's not very good, uh, especially when you look at the metrics. So the metrics going to be a little skewed, but like this pit team, they are ready to fight anybody and they're taught. They're just as tough or tougher than anybody in that league. So whenever they play as hard as they do and they have some shot makers that can make some shots at the end of games and they have a couple guys, Jamarius Burton's one of them. Blake Henson's he's hit some tough shots towards the end of game. Nellie Cummings was a terrific addition. And I thought he was an, an underrated addition coming into the season. He He's just a guy that gets it done and he's been able to create his own shot as well. Like they have guys on that team that can really play and they're really tough. So Capel's done a nice job. Miami is still good. They're still Miami. Florida State's healthier than they were at the beginning of the year. They start out, what, two and nine. Now they're healthier. So they end up with seven wins in conference. It just drags everybody else's metrics down. That's just what happened. Point blank period. They're dragging everybody else's metrics down. And it's just one of those things where the teams are good. The league needs Duke and Carolina to be top 10 in the country for the league and as a whole to be looked at as one of those top teams, and that's fine. We all understand that. The Big Ten would prefer for Michigan to be in the top 10 every year. That's no secret. The The Big East would love for Villanova to still to be back up there. That's no secret. They love for you kind of be up there. That's no secret. But whenever your, your historical teams are really good, your league looks really good. I think that's the big issue. Yeah, for for me, Rob, it's not necessarily the rankings thing. It's more like when you look at the the metrics, like on Kim Palm, they don't have a top a team in the top thirty just in terms of style of play. Um, so forget top twenty five rankings and all that. You know that mm-hmm. nobody's great at offense or great. You know Virginia's defense, but their offense. So in terms of just how they're playing this year, and as personnel's involved, injuries have happened um for the league but look Pitt's tough um we recruited Jamarius Burton wanted him bad had him on a visit like loved him thought he was a winner uh and so uh, you know I'm not surprised by what he's doing um and Greg Elliott was a piece and and, and seeing Greg I know he, he's a heck of a role player for him and um so they're, they're tough and they're going to be playing for an outright ACC championship on Saturday probably because they got Notre Dame and then they're going to play at Miami and I think Miami's got a bye week, so that'll be the money game and mm-hmm. probably be they'll win it outright or it'll be a three-way tie because Virginia and Clemson play each other. So someone will only have five losses, so most most likely. So Pitt's got a chance to write their own ticket in terms of Jeff Capel. Heck of a comeback story. Love that for Jeff, um, turning that thing around and, and having the season that they're having. 
All right, let me ask you guys real quick. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on the podcast that uh, T.O. and I do, the DTF podcast. Uh, Virginia, um, they just they got beat pretty good um, at North Carolina on Saturday. They got beat by 15 at B.C. on Wednesday. That came off of the heels of a game that they should have lost uh, against Duke at home if the right foul had been called against Kyle Filipowski. They beat Louisville by three on the road. They beat Notre Dame by two at home. Those are the two last-place teams in the ACC how worried are you guys? Both 30 seconds on this real quick, and then I get to break. How worried are you about this Virginia team? Can they still turn it around? Is this one of Tony Bennett's better teams, or have they just kind of not been able to find the answer this year? T.O., you go first. I, I think they're going to be fine. I still think they still have enough offensive weapons to keep up with their defense. I know they've dropped a couple in a row. Uh, weirdly enough, Boston College is a tough place to play because you have to create your own energy. Uh, that, that's one of those, but it's a little cold in that gym. The Conti, like there's not really anybody there. Now that being said, there were people there for that game, but you, you get my, I'm not sure they know how to cheer for basketball. They try hard. They don't know how to do it. Uh, no. And then North Carolina at North Carolina, I'm not overly worried because against Virginia, if you have guys that can create their own shot, you can beat Virginia. Other than that, I'm not mad at that team. Still like Jaden Gardner, still like Reese Beekman, Kihei. They still have all these guys and they have different guys who can get you a shot. I still like Virginia, and I bet they get on the right track heading into the tournament. Uh, quick answer, no, this is, isn't one of Coach's better teams because his no. better teams are in the top 10 or top five defensively, and this group's in the top 30. Um, and and offensively, um, they're a lot better offensively than they were last year. You know, Armand having a year in the system was a good thing, but there's, there's not – you know, his better, he obviously, it's not Kyle Guy and, and Ty Jerome playing in the pick and roll and, and coming off the, you know, the wheel actions. So they're good and, and they're going to be in games. It's just the style of play and how they play. And Kihei Clark's been around long enough to figure out a way to beat you. And, and Coach Bennett is a heck of a coach to, to, to figure out a way to beat you when the game's a one possession, two possession game. So, um, but deep runs, probably not just from a, I don't know if they have that type of firepower, but. Win the ACTC tournament, yeah, definitely possible. Yeah, I'm I'm off the bandwagon. I'll be the uh, the guy that goes off script here. I'm off the bandwagon. I'm not buying this team. Tony Bennett has dudes when he has his best teams. Pros: Joe Harris, Malcolm Brogdon, Anthony Go, guys like that. I just don't see it on this year's uh, this year's roster. Listen, we're gonna have to step away for a second here. On the other side of the break, we are going to be talking about the Big Twelve and specifically why Kansas is apparently hated by every bracketologist in America. For one now, Reese Beekman's not a pro. Yeah, but it's not the same. Like they don't have like two, three, four, five guys like that. Reese Beekman's probably going to get drafted, but it's different when like I actually thought it, it hurt them whenever Kihei Clark is long term Long term, I don't know about all that. I, did draft I, I just know he can play right now. But but yeah. the thing, like I, I thought it hurt Virginia whenever Kihei Clark came back. Because it took the ball out of Reese's hands. Yeah, they're not really pay- playing the big fella, Shedrick, either. Um, Dagan or Trevor, do we have any questions? Who bows out of the tournament first, Tennessee or Virginia? Oh, that's such a good <laughs> question. All of the above. Man. Man. Those are going to be like, those are the two teams that I'm going to circle and say, like, okay, I got to really think about whether or not they can get picked off. We got Tennessee, Yale. In our fielding the 68 bracket and Virginia Iona upset city baby. I would, that could be that could be an upset Virginia Iona. That could They're be so one. similar. They're so similar. 
this mm-hmm. year. Just I would I don't know. I'd lean probably towards Virginia. Why? You got anything last? Iona could Iona could beat Iona could beat them. They, 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 I don't know Dana, who play, but just they're not playing. Danis Jenkins. If, but if I own a play, yeah, if I own a play, in ten. Damn mm-hmm. it, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a rhythm. Welcome back, Field of 68 After Dark. We are live Monday night. Rob Doster here. I got Terrence Oglesby. I got Laval Jordan, Sirius XM Channel. What was that? College Sports Radio. I don't know. It was Jimmy in his bag when he's uh, over here on the production what, side of things. Shout out what to What bag? What bag, Jimmy? <laughs> Just let, what let bag? the man live, T.O. Let the man live. We are presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. <laughs> Stay tuned. Next break, I'm going to tell you about Run Your Pool. We got a really cool uh, special here that we're doing. $1,500 free cash prizes. We're going to get into all that. Make sure you jump in the chat. Ask us some questions. <laughs> we're monitoring the end of this West Virginia-Iowa State game, but Baylor-Oklahoma State just went final with the loss. It was a 74-68 loss for Oklahoma State. The Pokes are now 16 16- and 14 overall uh man they were one of the last four in for us in our bracket as of today but they're not trending the right way they've lost five in a row uh laval i, I feel for mike it's a tough spot if it feels like he is the guy that injury, screwed, right? yeah the avery anderson they're starting to really feel the fact that he's not there i don't yeah. think that he's coming back this season so um he's in a hard cast tonight yeah like it this is they're seven to ten in the conference now I just I don't know if I see I don't know if I see them finding a way to get this thing turned around and I wanted them to. They are at Texas Tech next for the record. Yeah, in terms of tournament hopes. Yeah. I mean they still have I mean they're still I, I don't know. We're talking about Carolina. They got one quad like Oklahoma State has five quad one wins. Uh, you know, so what, 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 go 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 on. Keep going. <laughs> so we're talking about Carolina being yeah. four out with one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm trying to understand Oklahoma state's more deserving than North Carolina. Is that what you're saying? Laval? It sounds like that's what you're saying. I, I I'm basing it on the met. The, if we're using this system as the <laughs> metrics, which we are, it's like, what, what I'll say to that is this. I like, love that. How, Rob, I love that. Like Laval's trying to toe the line. I just try to cannonball him over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Look, I didn't make up the system to you. <laughs> So, so we can't be talking about a team with one quad one win. It's like, uh oh, they're almost in when the team's got five and they're on the way out. Like, I don't, you know, it, unless they were got off, you know, it's like Texas Tech. We're talking about them. Well, they they snuck up and got five quad one wins. But I, Oklahoma, you know, having Anderson hurt is yeah. obviously, you know, detrimental to to Mike and uh, his team because you know, he was a big contributor. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I will say is that at some point, the quantity of losses matters when it comes into this discussion um i've heard the committee talk about that i've heard the guys on our bracketology show talk about that and they pay a lot more attention to this stuff than i do um but 17 and 14 to you win at texas tech that will be a sixth quad one win i just honestly i don't know if they're going to be able to do it like there's nothing that they've done in the last two weeks that convinces me they'll be able to find this win and i feel bad for them because they're good i want to ask you about baylor though You've been on this Baylor bandwagon. You love this Baylor team. I think in the preseason you predicted them, correct me if I'm wrong here, as a team that might be able to make a run 
and win a yeah. national title, right? You, you're on that bandwagon. They didn't I'm have Keontae there. George tonight. Uh, he sprained his ankle on Saturday. It's not supposed to be serious. It's not supposed to be something more than just, you know, a pretty run-of-the-mill sprained ankle as far as uh, my understanding goes. How do you feel about this Baylor team ceiling-wise? Oh, you have guard play like that. I mean, they have so many shot makers. That That's the big thing. And Jim Wachachua being back now, he's not quite where he was, you know, you know, whenever it was last December, two Decembers ago, he's not quite there, but he's still so smart positionally that he changes their ceiling defensively. So I think like that's where he has helped them the most. He's kind of gotten their help them get their feet under them on that side of the floor because he's just because he's so smart, he makes up for some of Keontae's deficiencies on the defensive end. And I'm not going to say deficiencies. I think it's uh, basically his ability to focus in on that side of the floor. You could say def- he's a minutes. freshman. There's a reason <laughs> well, why freshmen are freshmen. No, T.O., I agree with you. It's a, it's a, you know, I, you know, casual fans that watch, I don't know if they, it's a, it's a, it's a huge factor, right? Mm-hmm. So when you take Mawat Mag off Rutgers, and yeah. they struggle for points. He's that Rutgers is going to struggle. He's one of the better defenders. When Justin Moore is finally healthy now, Villanova's defense wasn't Villanova's defense because he wasn't around. He's a senior. He gets the switches right. He pushes up. So now he's mobile. He's feeling a whole lot better. Now Villanova's defense is more like what you're used to. So pulling out a, a key defense. So as as you know, uh, he comes back defensively. That's a huge addition to their chances to make a run. Yeah, and if your five man is your best defender, like he's your captain defensively, because usually, usually he's seeing everything. And Chamo Chachua, man, he's back there chirping the whole time. That's one. Of, that's one thing I noticed when I saw Baylor play not uh, not this battle for Atlantis previous year, like when they won it, he constantly is talking. I mean, like constantly motor mouthing back there in the back. And what that does is that helps some younger players kind of find themselves organizationally and it puts them in the right spot. I, the guard play is paramount in the NCAA tournament. We all know that. And they just have so many guards and guys, we, we never lose faith in Scott Drew. I think that's another huge part of this too. Yeah. Real quick on this, since we're on the topic of the big 12, we're watching the end of Iowa state and West Virginia, right? And it looks like Iowa state they're down by three with 34 seconds left. If they end up losing this game, it'll be their fourth straight loss, six losses in their last seven and eight losses in their last 10 games. They were four and zero in the league. And if they don't win at Baylor, they're going to finish the season eight and 10 in the big 12. So is it, is it a good thing to be in a league that is this difficult, right? Does it, or does this kind of wear you down? Like, does it prepare you for battles in March? Does it is it the kind of thing where it's like all of a sudden you get there and you have no confidence? Someone has to lose these games. There's no way around it. So, uh, real quick, either you guys, um, Tio, we'll go to you first. Like, are you? How do you feel about teams coming out of this big? Like, this is just a gauntlet, man. Every night you have an absolute war. I think it's different than the Big Twelve. Big Twelve. The I think the Big Twelve is bigger, different than the Big Ten for the simple fact that. When you play in the Big 12, you're going up against different styles every day. I, I think there, you know, there's 10 teams in that league. You, you probably have, you know, six, seven different styles of play. So that makes it different, right? Than the Big 10, where Laval, we did a show earlier this year, like everybody's hard hedging, everybody's tough on the ball, everybody runs, you know, this set, that set, whatever. When you're you know playing not, the Big why they're having success? Kevin. Kevin Willard. Oh, yeah. I've, I've coached against Kevin. Like, he doesn't play like the rest of them. That's why Maryland's different. Yeah. 
It helps. It's, I think it'll help the league, but obviously he's come in and made noise because, you know, everybody has no one's seen that before in that league. Yeah, you have to adjust. And, and the thing is, in the Big 12, you have to adjust constantly. I think that helps. But getting in the tournament, obviously, when you're playing that many good teams is also difficult. Well, I, yeah, I, I would say it helps, Rob. Like, your guys get – I mean, we made a, we, we made a run to the Final Four, 2013 Michigan team. We finished fourth, and we got pounded by Wisconsin in, the last, in our last game at the Big Ten tournament. Our guys were just sick of it. <laughs> it was like, let's just get out of the league and, and get a breath of fresh air and play some other people. And then the following year, we went it out right. Michigan State finished third. They go to the Final Four. It's like when you're in a league that good and deep, you know, it takes a toll on you. And by the time the conference tournament is over, you're just you get a you get new life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and you just you're just it's a breath of fresh air to just see someone different, play someone different. Uh, like T.O. said, a different style. But that grind, man, it wears on your guys. They just get. You know, as much as they want to win every game and battle it out and they want to win a conference tournament championship, you know, part of them is like, all right, come on, let's get out of here and play somebody new. <laughs> yep. All right, Laval, we're waiting for the end of this West Virginia game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tee you up on this, man. Kansas right now has 15. Help me understand, Rob. <laughs> they have 15 quad one wins. Their worst loss on the season is at Iowa State. Uh, if you want to go by simply net ratings, their worst loss in the season as at home against TCU by 23 points. That was not pretty. But they've also beaten Texas at home, Baylor at home. They won at Kentucky. They won at TCU. They beat Duke on a neutral. They won at West Virginia. They beat Kansas State. They beat Indiana, which looks really good right now. They beat Iowa State, West Virginia, North Carolina State on a neutral. And then at Oklahoma State, Missouri, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma, that is 15 quad one wins. They don't have a single non-quad one win loss. And this team right now is the number three Number one seed for us. How's, Alabama how? and Houston are above them. You're, I don't I'm do that. This is me. I'm giving you the soapbox. All right. Get up on it. I'm giving you the soapbox. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to understand say. the system. Like, how how does how a team with 15 quad one wins, which, what's the next team? 10 in the country? Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what. This is exactly what it sounds like when my wife says, I just think it's funny that. <laughs> yeah, <I> just, <laughs> and you left out, Rob. They have the number one strength of schedule. So they played the hardest schedule. They've won the most most games against the best competition. And they're not the overall number one seed for what reason I don't understand. You know, if 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 the system is supposed to make some kind of sense, T.O. Um nobody are, knows, Val. Nobody are knows. They not the overall number one seed. Then you look at their average net losses, right? So you said they take losses into account. They've got the Best average net level is 15. So they've only lost to really good teams. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, I don't understand how they're not the overall number one seed. I, I get, you know, I know Houston only has two losses on the year, but their average net loss is 64. They lost at home to Temple. Don't forget that. They lost at home to Temple. You know, obviously Bama's only, Bama's in the same similar situation. They've got four. And they've only been against good teams. Um, and strength of schedule is 13. Kansas is, is one. So, but I'm just figure, trying to figure out why no, why everybody's just leaving Kansas on the side of the road. This is what I'm doing. Look at me. I'm putting on my tinfoil hat right now, right? It is because Bill Self has not been punished for all the stuff, all the NCAA violations, and they are trying to stick it to him by not making him be the number one overall seed. All right, I'm taking it off right here. Yeah, it's just the way the system works, man. Sometimes you accumulate too many losses. It is what it is. They got the net ring because they're six in the net. You got to trust your metrics. T.O., I know you, you got something to say. I, I know that look. I know that look. 
<laughs> Net rankings are just everywhere right now. Like, 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, it, Jeff had a Jeff had a great tweet. I, I, I don't say that all that often. Jeff Goodman had a great tweet. It was some, it was something he. If there's this many fluctuations this late in the season, with this I'll tell you what it was. Of work, Clemson moved yeah. 17 spots in the net after beating NC State on the road by a million or whatever it was. And if you move that much this late in the season with this much of uh sample like a sample of data, then something is yeah. flawed in the metric. The only yeah. thing I'll push back on is if you have 363 teams, the middle is going to be so congested that like you can move up a lot in the rankings without having a very big change in what your metric actually is that make sense like it could be like one one thousandth of a point on that metric could change like three spots just because they're no you sound you're saying you sound crazy right now you sound crazy i, right I might now. man i am kind of crazy listen um <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to break here for a second on the other side we got to talk about west virginia because it looks like they are going in and spoiling hilton magic Make free throws down the stretch. Big ones. Good for 130. Hey, right. Rob, have you been to Hilton Magic? Have you been there? I have not yet. That's one of the things on my bucket list. Look, if you think that we're wrong about this Kansas thing, you have a chance to prove it to us. This season, we have partnered with Run Your Pool, who is going to be hosting the official Field of 68 Bracket Contest. If you want to prove to me or T.O. or Laval that you are better than us, that you are smarter than us, that you know more ball than us, then you can actually go and do that. I've worked with Run Your Pool before. I've used Run Your Pool before, and that's why I'm so excited to land them. As a sponsor, they have more than 50 game types for every sport that you can think of from traditional bracket pools to survivor games to head-to-head games to pick x games to my favorite squares everybody loves squares the scoring is customizable you can tailor your bracket rules and your pool to whatever you want it to be it's awesome i love it but here's the best part run your pool is giving away fifteen hundred dollars in cash prizes for free all you got to do is just sign up go in there enter your email log in put in a password do all that good stuff down and the link is in the description below play dot run your pool.com backslash field six eight that's f-i-e-l-d six eight that is going to be in the description fill out a bracket and you are eligible to win i will see you guys on march 12th and real ones don't need me to tell them what that date is trevor what do we got that was my a, birthday excellent ad time. read rob well done guess the three teams that are tied for second in quad one wins behind kansas is 15 they all have 10 Ooh. And they're all from the same conference. I just looked at this. Um, Baylor, Texas. Yes, yes. Uh, I can't think of the third one. Kansas State. Yep. When I was looking at the Kansas State. Is it Kansas State? Yep. Those are the three. Iowa State has eight. Eight. There's 17. My birthday is Selection Sunday, more importantly. Your birthday is Selection Sunday? Selection Sunday. Oh, look at that. All right. My birthday is on the national semifinals this year. Good for you. Good for you. So, so 10. Yeah, 10 so more. they got five more than everybody else, T.O. Like, what are yeah. we talking about? <laughs> Listen, we're, we're, we're live. This is the Field of 68 After Dark, uh, Sirius XM, Channel 84, College Sports Radio. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our YouTube channel, Jump in the Chat. We're presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. We are presented by Run Your Pool. Make sure you sign up. Uh, play.runyourpool.com backslash field six eight join in on the madness fifteen hundred dollars in cash prizes being given away by our partners at run your pool guys it looks like west virginia is going to get this done so let me ask you this to huggy bear has a chance to get this team into the ncaa tournament if he does is this the kind of time where you want to say look man you're getting up there in age you, uh, you got a chance to make a little bit of a run here. The Big 12 ain't getting any, any easier when they add Houston and they add BYU and they add Cincinnati. Is this a, is this a time for him to kind of waltz off into the sunset and to be able to enjoy his time without having to worry about coaching some guys and coaching a team and trying to put together stuff out of the transfer portal? I don't like predicting when guys are going to retire because guys like Bob Huggins and Jim Beheim, like they've earned the right to be able to just tell us when they're done. Does that make sense? Like, I, I, if he wants to take off and do that, I mean, I could see that making sense. But at the same time, say they win tonight, they're 17 and 13 and 6 and 11. So it's over 72 69. West Virginia goes into Hilton Coliseum, picks up the win. They are 17 and 13 on the season, 6 and 11 overall. They were in a playing game team before this win. Uh, This is the kind of win, a road game against a top 25 net opponent that can bump you up the ratings. I think they're going to get in. They might even get yeah, in they'll get they lose their next game. Like, I think that they're in pretty much. You know, don't lose two in a row. Win one more game, either at the end of the regular season or the start of the Big 12 tournament, and I think that they are they are in. I'm sorry. I think they're in, but but to say that he's going to go off and, like, you know, blaze of glory and all that stuff because they got to the tournament, I'm not sure this is – Bob Huggins has had serious success, like mm-hmm. final four runs, all this stuff. Like, I'm not sure this would qualify as one of those, you know – walk into the sunset moments if he wants to go go but i don't think that would be a reason to do it Mm -hmm. what do you think what do you guys make of iowa state right now we kind of tease this a little bit i'm i'm very concerned about this group i think that they were playing a little bit over their heads at the start of the year they don't we talked about virginia not necessarily having a pro right like iowa state doesn't they, they don't really have anything that scares you on the offensive end tj's defense can really mess people up and i think when you get in the tournament and people haven't seen that kind of like no middle overplay, like all the stuff they do in the Big 12, it might be able to mess people up, Laval, but I, I'm I'm kind of worried about this team. Now, I, I think it's a byproduct of this. When you're seeing league opponent, like the Big 12 plays a true round robin. So when you're seeing teams the second time around and you're already limited offensively, they've got a scout. So Virginia's struggling. You know, they don't play a true one, but when you have offensive struggles, it's hard to score points especially in league play, especially on the back half of league play when people have a better feel for who's on your roster, what your strengths are, and what they need to force you into. Um, So when you do have those, 
high level, you know, prospects, the NBA guys, the really good, you know, it, you just, do, you do better late, especially late in the conference, in the conference season. And that's just, you see teams like Iowa State, Virginia, struggling here, Rutgers struggling here because they just, they started off well, their defense could carry them, but on the second half of league play, you, you need to be able to put some points on the board, you know, um, and that's hard, especially if you're down a guy, if you have an injury or things like that. How much does it help getting out of league play to you? Where every, like everyone knows what the, there's no secrets in this conference anymore. When you kind of get into a little bit of uncharted territory, maybe people aren't as prepared. You know, I, I do think it's fair to say, and correct me if you, if you disagree that, it's kind of difficult to prepare for that no middle defense. If you've never seen that no middle defense, especially with that size that they have, yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of size around the perimeter too. It, it's hard for other teams when they see that kind of, you know, length and physicality, especially if you're they're going against, you know, I don't know, arbitrary. I, I'm guessing there'll be a first four team. So if they're playing against, I don't know, whatever school, maybe they haven't seen things like that uh, to that level, right? I, I think their size and the fact yeah. that they rely on their physicality defensively, that's going to throw teams that aren't in their conference off a little bit. I, I think that's fair to and say. And that scheme, T.O., is hard to simulate in practice. Like, and right. That's the thing. Like when you're playing against a Press Virginia or an Iowa State and they do something that you need, it's hard to really truly simulate it in practice. So the first – eight minutes of the game is, you know, you're, you're adjusting, you know, it can hit you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. We mentioned Kansas uh, potentially being underrated in terms of uh, being the the third number one seed for us. Right. I think everybody on the planet agrees, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and whatever order you want to put them in should be the three number seeds, number one seeds. I think we can all uh, kind of agree on that. My question is Laval, where do you stand on Purdue? They've lost four of their last six. It look they look like their freshman guards have kind of come up against the wall a little bit. UCLA's here. They, they UCLA doesn't have a lot of great wins. UCLA looks like a great team when they play. Where do you stand on who that last number one seed should be? Are you are you buying the idea that a team that plays in I'm just going to say it okay a mid major esque uh, conference like the Pac-12 is this year um, is it something where you you see a team like that that could end up being that last number one seed that can jump over Purdue, who could end up being the regular season champion of the Big Ten. Look, let's let's, let's call it like it is. Matt Painter, great coach. Zach Eady has been an unbelievable player this college basketball uh, college basketball season. And real quick before you answer this, Laval, we are live Sirius XM Channel eighty four College Sports Radio Field of sixty eight after dark. I'm Rob Doster. I have Terrence Oglesby. I have La- Laval Jordan here with me. After the show's done, eleven fifty nine. Eastern time. Make sure you jump in the YouTube chat. We're going to be answering questions over there on our YouTube channel. That was a long question, Laval. I'm going to tee you up right now. Purdue, UCLA, who do you think should be that fourth number one seed? I'd stick with Purdue, and it's very close, Rob. I mean, you look at it, say, Purdue's nine and four against quad one, UCLA seven and four against quad one, quad one and quad two, UCLA's 14 and four, Purdue's 14 and five. Strength of schedule becomes deciding factor for me. All right. And you're talking about the Big Ten. It's better this year than Pac-12. So Purdue's strength of schedule is 25 versus UCLA's is 52. Um, but it's I, you could go either way because UCLA's playing well right now. Purdue, you know, mm-hmm. they their their deficiencies have been shown more lately. Um, but just on paper, I'd give it to Purdue. Teal, I, I would tend to. I like Purdue, but does last 10 games before the tournament weigh any effect in there? 
it, it's not supposed to, but I always lean towards the idea that there's 10 human beings in a room making decisions. So like the inherent biases of seeing Purdue play pretty terribly down the stretch is always going to affect. There's no way you can eliminate that. Do you know those I mean? ten? Do those? Do those ten guys know hoop? Do they know hoop? Or do they just know metrics? That, that that's I'm trying. That's really to, I'm, trying I'm trying to be nice here, Tio. Trying to be nice here. <laughs> <laughs> I, if if I was looking at it right now, for what team I would pick right now to win in a head on head head to head matchup, I'd probably pick UCLA. So for that uh, matter, I would go there because I feel like Tiger Campbell would pester the heck out of those young guards and Jaime Jaquez is a one-on-one scoring machine who can score in the mid-range some that means what does that mean that means he's not meeting Zach Eady around the rim and I feel like they have enough guys that could just uh, at least give a good effort a good solid effort the old college try if you will against Zach Eady <laughs> but uh, it's like they have a lot of big athletic dudes out on the perimeter and they could push out some of that defense or push out some of Purdue's offense. And Laval, we've talked about it before. Zach Eady gets out there one more dribble, efficiency drops, right? So it's uh, if they were playing head-to-head, I'd pick UCLA at this point in the season. Uh, just for that, I guess I would pick UCLA to be the one seed. Laval, let me, uh, I, we were talking with John Henson about this on Saturday, and one of the things that he kind of emphasized was the key to slowing down Edie is to just get in him, in him enough that he catches the ball in the middle of the lane, like eight feet away. If you can do that and then play him one-on-one, if you're living and dying with a Zach Edie jump hook from that far away, you're probably okay with that. All things considered, right? Is that, is well, that how first, you would try to slow him down? Key, first key is this having coached against those guys, even when it wasn't Edie, it was harms and it was, it was, you know, Travion Williams and it was other guys, Isaac Haas. The first key is is what T.O. said, pressure them up the court. Don't, you know, paint's going to run. They they run a ton of sets. Pressure them up the court and don't let them flow right into their stuff with the pace that they used to, break their rhythm. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you see them play Maryland, Kevin changes defenses. You know, that throws a team like Purdue off. Um, they really picked up the pressure. You know, Rutgers did that when they beat them at home. And so that's step, like, one, to be able to to not allow them to, to start early and have a whole shot clock to work with. And then push push Edie out. Easier said than done because he's a large human being and he's got tree trunks for legs. Yeah. <laughs> but now your 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 closest to the shooters, if you dig down right on the post, um, becomes you know those, those they're shorter. Uh, you know if you don't have to double team, it's better. Um, you know Rutgers, uh, Cliff uh, Amari did a good job of just nudging him out, nudging him out, so they could just dig and not have to double. Mm. Um, so, yeah, those hooks, like Indiana did a good job of walling him up and forcing him into 12-foot, 10-foot hooks instead of 5-foot hooks, <laughs> mm-hmm. which uh, or getting deep. Now, he about fouled everybody out. <laughs> yeah. But, they, you know, over the course of 40 minutes, they just kept throwing bodies at him. All right. I want to ask both of you guys this question before we get to our, our, our final break. We have not talked anywhere near enough about Marquette this season. I don't think we have. They are going to be the outright Big East champion as long as they do, don't do something really dumb down the stretch of the year. I don't think that they will. Uh, for my money, they have the Big East player of the year on their roster and Tyler Kolek. Yeah. I would vote for Shaka Smart for National Coach of the Year right now if I was if I was forced to pick someone. They have bumped up to the top number three seed in our fielding the 68 bracket, and it feels like every time we talk about Final Four threats, national title threats, when people mention a team from the Big East, it's either like UConn or Creighton. When people mention 
teams that can make it that are big scoring teams that have great guard play. They say Baylor or they say Miami. T.O., are we just completely overlooking Marquette? I, I feel I feel like we are. And and just for the record, like this is going to be the first time that Shaka Smart wins a conference regular season title. I don't think it should be overlooked just how good of a job he's done with this team. Yeah, a team that we were looking at coming into the season, they were picked ninth. And even I was like, man, I, I just don't know if I feel like if Cam Jones could make a leap, they could be there. But uh, was it Oso Iguodaro? Like him just being a decision maker at the five, like changes everything. And also Tyler Kolick, I picked him as a midseason All-American. I, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. That dude, in my mind, is an All-American. In a Big East league that's really tough, probably has five, what was it, five out of their 11? going in the currently in the bracket yeah. uh, and a couple of other teams and that Nova's coming and Nova's <laughs> coming and, and a couple of other teams that were bubbleicious up until recently. Sorry, Dagan Hughes, but like, <laughs> but like it was a thing where it was like, he just is so good. And what they're doing as far as it's, it seems like a lot of pistol action, but they're putting them in some higher spots up elbow extended as, or lane line extended, as opposed to out on the wings, like, it, their driving angles are really, really good. Now, and Omax Prosper's been overlooked too. Uh, he's a big switchable dude who can shoot it a little bit. They've got a lot of different guys. Cam Jones can get hot. Tyler Kolick's been unreal all season, and he's so smart, and he's just tough. Anybody that can look a reporter dead in the eye and say, fuck him, he's a bad dude. <laughs> and he did hey, that. He did that. Check he this out. So how many guys could do this? I had their game against at DePaul. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been to their practices, so I've gotten to know their guys and say, hey, Tyler, you know, you've been close to a triple-double, man. You know, can I get a triple-double? So I'm calling the game. He ends up one rebound short, comes running up after the game. And they win the game. Man. He's like, coach, I almost had it for you. And I'm thinking, how many guys could you say, hey, go get a triple-double tonight? And they about do it. Yeah. <laughs> But it, Rob, the thing is, like it's it's flip mode for soccer. Like it was the defense and havoc and all. Guard Marquette, good luck. I mean, the way they move the ball, the way they space, they share, they're connected. You know, you can't really key in on one guy. It could be anybody on any given night. And with Kyle, Tyler Kohler, you know, you know, driving the ship is is just can a team who's the last offensive team like juggernaut that you were like that got to the final four. Because their defense, I, is I, I know who. I know exactly who. Go ahead. Who you got? You were, you were on that staff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Our player drank a lot of cranberry juice. Okay, <laughs> it was that. Team. No, I looked it up. That was the lowest. Uh, I think one of like the two lowest defenses that made it on Ken Palm, like ranked. I think you were sixty third. Yeah, we gave up sixty two points in the paint against Kansas, and somehow we won the game. So, uh... Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a lot of points. Listen, uh, on the other side of this break, we are going to play a little bit of a game of would you rather i'm going to put these guys in some uncomfortable spots you're not going to want to miss it good for 130 you can't put me in uncomfortable spots it would be destiny shaka smart won the field of 68 wearing a long sleeve uh, under his polo shirt under All a dry right. fit polo baby i'm gonna be sitting there on the sideline wearing that same outfit with the field of 68 logo on it and me and shock <laughs> are gonna go look at each other and be like that is style right there that is fashion you understand that's it sir man. that's what i'm happy for him yeah he's a good dude it's he's a good dude. it's just a good fit you know how important it's fit is so important no it's, no it, in, in all in all honesty I, I made this point when he got hired i think that 
Marquette is such a better job for him because what he does better than anything else, regardless of like coaching, havoc, fuck all that. What he does better than anything else is get people to buy in and and believe and create like a family, right? That's what he does better than anything. And you need guys who are going to be around for three or four years to be able to do that. You can't do that with one of them. It's just not possible. You're not going to be able to do it when you rely heavily on dudes that are gone in one or two years. Yeah. And, yeah, no and especially when they're transfers. no yeah. Omax transferred in, but like no portal, you know. Yeah, like the guys they in got the a, they got the kid from uh from Loyal in New Orleans who hasn't really played. Yeah, he got hurt. He got injured. But he, yeah, he tore his knee. Yeah. Yeah, they're good, man. They were Shaka Shaka recruited me to Clemson, Laval. I don't know if you knew that, but like Oh, did he? Hey, coming back here. Damn it. Jimmy. <laughs> How much time do we have? The chat is very mad you didn't answer any questions. We got a lot in the afters we got to get to. How much time do we have left, Jimmy? I'm sorry. Welcome back. Field is 68. <laughs> After dog, Rob Doster, Terrence Oglesby, Laval Jordan. We are live, Sirius XM, Channel 84, College Sports Radio. You can catch us over on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. Jump in the chat. We have a lot of questions that we are going to get to in the afters in exactly eight minutes. Before we do that, fellas, I have questions of my own that I'm going to ask you. We're going to play a little bit of a game. It's called Would You Rather? So I'm going to give you two two, uh possibilities, two scenarios. You got to tell me which one you would rather have. I'm going to start with this. Okay. Would you rather have, as your starting center entering March, Zach Eady or Trace Jackson Davis? You have one minute each to answer. T.O., you go first. Wow. Zach Eady. He's bigger. They both thrive on the inside. Neither one of them are stepping out and shooting it. And Zach Eady is completely okay with, well, so is Trace Jackson Davis. There's no wrong answer there. There's yeah. no wrong answer. But I'm picking Zach Eady because he's, you know, seven foot twelve. I'll say Trace just because he said Zach. There you go. To be <laughs> and contrarian. He's and he's switchable. You know, if you if you need to just switch, take away the three point line, you can do it. I've been like, I've been a, I've been shocked at how good Zach Eady's been in drop coverage, though. Really good. Really good. Like he, he's he figured that out. Or he and Cogbrenner, like great angles and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he understands where he needs to be. You don't have to move fast. You just kind of have to be in the way, and he can get to the spot where he's in the way. He's really good at that. For the record, I would probably take Trace just because of the uh, the passing ability, right? But it's also like, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? You know, there's really no – Yeah, there's no – You can't go wrong with that one. All right, question number two. Would you rather enter the NCAA tournament as the coach of a team with an elite defense that can't score like a Tennessee, someone like that, or someone with an elite offense that can't stop anybody with a bunch of TOs on your roster, like a Baylor, like a Gonzaga, like a Miami, like a Marquette, someone like that. T.O. Uh, Laval, you go first on this one. That's since, you're, since you're the expert on teams that can score and can't guard anyone. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, <laughs> It's hard to score points, man. Um, and you can mix up some defenses. I, and, I, and I've lived on being a good defensive team, T.O. That's a hard one for me. Um, but I think you got to be able to score, uh, so I'm gonna lean that way. Give me, yeah, you got to you got to put the ball in the basket. To, I, 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 even though I know defense wins, I know it. I know it in the bottom of my heart, T.O. Uh, but you're just, playing enough defense. If you're it's hard to score, man. It, it's just a, when you're sitting over there with a clipboard and you just 
You're looking around. <laughs> That's a bad feeling to you. That, you know what? I, I talked to Will Wade about that exact thing. He goes, man, I, he goes, I understand defense and all this, but it's the worst feeling. You look behind your bench and all those boosters are just staring at you. And you know there's no way you're getting a bucket. Right? You better be able to score it. I'm going scoring. You got to – I argue with – my high school coach about this all the time. He was like, we got to be better on defense. I was like, coach, I'm pretty sure you got to score more than the other team. <laughs> you got to score more than the other team to win the game. I'm just going to leave it. At that. Oh, I'm I'm it shocked T.O. didn't want to guard you one. I'm shocked that T.O. didn't want to guard you one. We mixed up defenses a lot too. Yeah. All right. Question. For the record, I would rather have an elite offense. I did a study on this a while back and the numbers, numbers line it up. You want to be better offensively. It's better to have an elite offense and an okay defense. Right now, Rob, Baylor, Marquette, Gonzaga. That's three offenses going into the yeah, – right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that the best defense out of that group is the one led by Shaka Smart. Give me that group, man. All due respect to Scott Drew and Baylor and, and Jonathan Chambachacho. Give me uh, give me Marquette out of that group. All right, question number three. Who would you rather be entering March? Eric Musselman in Must We Trust – it must be trust with a team of a bunch of really talented, flashy five-star freshman future lottery picks or Tom Izzo with a Michigan state team. That's got a bunch of kind of boring, kind of sleepy, non NBA vets that just know how to go out there and play. You got to pick one of them, Arkansas, Michigan state, T.O. You are first. I'm going talent. You got to go talent there. Just because we've seen that talent can get there, like no matter what, like it, it, talent. You know, it, when you're playing, are you in saying NCAA, in must you trust? Are you in saying must in I must trust. you trust? In must I trust? Even though I sold them this morning, I think. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm in must I trust as opposed to Michigan State. I like Michigan State's team too. I just think in the NCAA tournament, it's so well scouted. You're going to get out of what you run. So you got to have the score. You got to have the talent to be able to create something at the end of clocks and in the half court because everything's so well scouted. I'd rather have the talent. I'm wow. gonna go with I'm gonna go with Is and the Spartans on that one, and and reason being, role definition is clear. All right. So with with guy Nick Smith coming back, and you know you get you mess around and get hero ball coming into effect. Guys trying to. It's been one way up until now, and and now you might have attitudes or things like that stepping. It's really clear if they if they take us out of our plays, we're gonna put AJ Hoggard in the pick and roll. We know we're looking for Tyson Walker, Joey Howard's our match. Like everybody knows, and it's very clear. And then Izzo is gonna demand the defense out of them to uh, to win a few games. I in this specific situation, I would probably take Musk just because I trust him to be able to find uh, the the matchups that you need to excel when it comes to the talent that he has. But in general, give me, give me like Izzo and, and the vets that know how to win. I just, you know, that's kind of where it's I'm okay. At. It's, it's okay right. to be wrong guys. Yeah, it's, it's okay all right. It's all right. I'm, it's okay I'm, to be wrong. Look, trust me. My, as my wife can attest, I'm wrong a lot. Um, all right. Last yeah. one. You guys got 30 seconds each to answer this. Would you rather head into March with your coach as a guy that's never made a deep run? Nate Oates, Matt Painter, um, Rodney Terry, Tommy Lloyd, or, have a coach that's been there before, like a John Calipari, like a Tony Bennett, like a Tom Izzo. I am eliminating Bill Self from this conversation because he would skew it. Laval, you got 30 seconds. Go ahead. Uh, give me the – what's the team? Hebrew Davis made a run to the championship. Like, who's on the team? I, I get yeah. the coach part. But... 
You were uh, just emphasized how uh, with, you just hit. Rob, Wright. Rob, Rob, you yeah. left out the part that it's the best team with a coach who hasn't done it versus a mediocre okay, team with a coach who say, has. Like, that matters okay. now. Uh, <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> I, if it, that, that's the case, I'm, I'll probably take the guy that's been there. If it's the same team. TL? So I'm confused. Are we doing what Trevor said or are we doing it? Or... It, doesn't, it doesn't matter. <laughs> at, this, at this point, it's a wash. We got a minute left in the show. <laughs> I'm going, uh, that's a hard one. You got 30 seconds to say whatever you want right now, CEO. What do you have? I, I think I'm going, I'm going, uh, coach that's been there before with a little less talent on that one. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, listen, this has been the field of 68 after dark reminder. Make sure you go to run your pool, play.runyourpool.com backslash field six, eight, jump in our pool. It's going to be awesome. $1,500 in free prizes from them tomorrow night. Greg Waddell, Chris Mack, Randolph Childress, 11 PM Eastern time. And on Wednesday chat, John Martin makes his triumphant return to the show. He will be hosting with Jeff Goodman with Randolph Childress. So for Terrence Oglesby, for Laval Jordan, we will see you guys again tomorrow night. All right, you guys are clear. All right, man. I, Thanks, Trevor, Jimmy. I that's Thanks, a tough Jimmy. One. That was a tough Trevor, problem, Trevor I did so well on that show, and then I fucked it up at the end. You I did so well. You, you, My teases were on fire. You man. were like you were killing it. You were killing it all night. And you just and like and you just know you like you let it go and you know what's in. Everything was going well, and then I messed up the question at the end. <laughs> oh, unbelievable! I'm so mad at myself. All right, Trevor, let's get to these questions from the chat before people start uh, going nuts on us. They're they're very upset with us guys for not answering all the questions during the breaks. Well, it might be too late for that, but we will ask questions anyways. Same guy who asked the first one. Who loses first in the tournament, UConn or Xavier? All right, hold on. Before we answer that real quick, uh, Troy Jackson said T.O. cannot even touch the net. T.O., can you just please – what's your career dunk percentage? 50% career dunker. Thanks, pal. Yeah, there you go. Go ahead. 50, go ahead. You go ahead and leave that. He'd do a lot more than touch – right now he's probably just clapping backward. That may have been a pun the about day. the net, though, because he said back it in net, the, like, I know what it was. I know what it was, Trevor. All I right. know what it was. I'm just saying. I can, I can still grab the rim. There you go. Look at him. 38 years old, and he's got bounce still. 34. Thank you. <laughs> Next right. question. Yeah, go ahead, Trevor. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the, I'm question, going, the question was, who Xavier, loses first? Xavier. You Xavier. 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 I, I, just because I – when. Like, can they buckle down and get a stop when they need one? Um, and I know we talked offense, and they're they're really good offensively, but mm. can they do that? I saw Marquette did that at Creighton, which was, to Rob's point, like they had to, they came on the second half at Creighton and did that defensively. Xavier, I don't know if that part's shown up yet. Obviously, Fremantle being out, but, you know, Connecticut, their defense will be as – they'll shock some people <laughs> that they have, they haven't seen it before when they get to the tournament. Hey, I think who, who's going to lose last in the tournament, UConn or anybody else in the tournament? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would think I think Xavier would lose first, uh, and I think the reason UConn would be there is because they offensive rebound so well. And there's a lot of games in the NCAA tournament, especially the first game of those weekends where the ball just doesn't go through the net; they turn ugly. And if you have to go get one, they can UConn can go get one. Which is funny because like, that was that was the knock on UConn heading in, right? It was it was like all right if things heading into Big East play like if things kind of someone slows you down if you can't get in transition where are you going? 
And that's that's and they got them, but they figure they found some solutions. That's all this this you know you know that you and I talk. It's like they found some solutions to what to do with Andre Jackson, you know, with his limitations. Uh, Naeem Aline over you know Joey Cal, like they found some solutions to get some bench production, um, and they can go one three one zone to to mess with you, you know. So they found some things they can do moving forward. All right, what's next, Trev? Who is the scariest mid-major that you would not want to see in March if you were a single-digit seed facing a double-digit seed? What, what, does the Mountain West count as a mid-major? I was going to ask the same thing. Oh, no Mountain West, no St. Mary's, no Atlantic 10. Like, we're talking mid-mid. Let's say, like, you know, like a 13 seed or... I, I think an A-10 quali- uh, They're high mid. No, no, the, the A-10 is... I'm telling hey, I know this isn't the question, Ed, but Dayton, if they get in, like they could be they a lot a lot of size around a perimeter, some guards that can make some things happen, and Deron Holmes is a dude. They gotta get healthy, man. They, they got well, they are healthy. They are healthy. So um, they just gotta put I it together. I do not want to see Hofstra. Aaron Estrada, baby. <laughs> if they're in, I know they gotta win their deal to get in. Trying to think of the mid majors that are in. Is anybody in in an at large? Florida Atlantic would be the one. And for you, yeah. You know who Furman? I don't want to see? Furman. Furman. Furman's a good one. Yeah, Furman's a good one. Furman with Jalen Slauson. Jalen Slauson's really good. Oh, uh, girl, man. He's a, he's a he's a really good player. He can defend. You know what I'm he worried about pass. them? Tio, you know them better than me. So tell me if I'm I'm wrong on this. I'm worried that Mike Bothwell. So much of what they do is like give him the rock and let him go. And nah. when you get him against high major athletes, like, can he be that guy that if he, he holds guys off, though, man, like he's he's got right. some shoulders on him. Like he holds yeah. guys off. He gets to his left hand and he's so patient when he gets in the lane. I, I'm not necessarily worried about that. I, I think what could beat them is is they run into a big front court mm-hmm. that could get that could get them because in the, I think they're susceptible on the boards. But but if if. It comes down to they're playing, you know, a team that likes to play small. I, I'm not, I don't have any doubt that Bothwell could have a good game against a high major team. I, and Slauson's going to be good against whoever. Yeah, he's a stud. Here's really mine. Good. Here's mine. The team with the nation's longest active win streak. Do you guys know who it is? Chat probably knows who it is. Oral Roberts. They're 27 to four. They're 18 and 0 in the Summit League. They ran away with it. They got a kid by the name of Max Acemas. You guys ever heard of this guy? Remember he's him? Still there. Yeah, he's still there. He's 37 years old now. It is 27th <laughs> year in college. Uh, they gave him 13 COVID seasons to let him hang around. Uh, but I mean, you know what he is. They got Con- Connor Van over the kid from, uh, from the 7'5 kid from Arkansas. The 7'11 kid that can block shots and make threes. Isaac McBride is a transfer from, uh, see the Vanderbilt. Kid? They, they got a couple high major guys that I'm, I'm blanking on in the in the moment, but. Um, they're all they're good. Paul Mills is another Scott Drew disciple, and I just kind of tend to lean towards Scott Drew disciples finding a way to get it done in March because Paul Mills did it, and Grant McCaslin did it, and uh, and I, I expect fully expect Jerome Tang to be able to do it. It's just that dude just turns out guys like a coach, man. No Drew Pember love. I love I love Drew Pember. Love him. UNC Asheville, Asheville. Mike Morell love. Mike, so Mike Morell love. Got to have that in there. Shaka's gonna bring the uh, the long sleeve under the the dry fit polo back, and Mike Morell's gonna bring the full hog. St- <laughs> Mike still <laughs> Mike rocks the long sleeve under the polo. Yeah, there you go, man. It's it's got to be a it's a VCU thing. The VCU's it's gotta big. be. 
It's got to be. I'm in. If Mike Morrell can do it, I can do it too. Then that's 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 the rule. <laughs> it's a pretty low bar. Yeah. <laughs> and I only say that because Mike was on the same staff as Shaka was whenever I was coming. Yeah. He's gonna. He's. Uh, we're gonna get a text to you at some point in the next thirty minutes saying I don't have a full hawk. I I promise you that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. I don't have. All right, That's go ahead, good. Trevor. What's That's next? Uh, first of all, Jeff Goodman has literally entered the chat, and people are clowning him for liking lemon Oreos. So I just had to throw that in there. He dips his lemon Oreos in Diet Coke. Like, this should <laughs> not be acceptable. <laughs> what are we doing? Sacrilege. Sacrilege. Anyways. That's ridiculous. If you had to pick one of these teams to miss the tournament, who's going to miss it between Auburn and Rutgers? Auburn. Or um, where are they at on our fielding the 68? So they're both, I think they're both 11 seeds right now. Let me just double check on that. <laughs> no, Rutgers, you got, we got, you got it at a nine. Rutgers is a nine. Yeah. So Auburn and Auburn's <laughs> a 10. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Rutgers has a win over a number one seed right now. I think they both get in. I do too. But I, the, the, the Auburn resume, like if you kind of dig into the details, man, it's not really that good. There's not really a lot there. Don't really love it. It is what it is. Um, I do have a question for you guys. So there's been the two teams that have kind of bounced back the most, I think, in terms of going through their lulls in the middle of the season to come back have been Indiana and UConn. We already talked a little bit about UConn. Where do you guys stand on Indiana? Where do you stand on what their ceiling can be? And and Laval, I'll go to you first on this one. Um, Would bringing... Xavier Johnson back into the fold now. How how could that complicate things? And if you were Mike Woodson, how would you kind of handle the uh, the the politics of it? Is probably the wrong way to phrase it, but to handle the making sure that you got a guy who was your best player last March coming back into a team that's figured things out without him. Yeah, have a conversation with Xavier because they're playing really well right now, as good as anybody in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you know, give him a role. I don't know if you just throw him back in and mess up a good, what you have going chemistry-wise and just rhythm-wise, but he, he's got a role for certain. And, uh, and there'll be a game as they get moving where he'll have a he'll be a big factor in it. So you just have one-on-one, you know. And I'm sure Mike's been doing that leading up to now. Shoot, he coached in the NBA for years. That's what that's all you're doing is is managing rosters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but that that's first. They have, uh, you know, I got. I had some fans come at me because we did. Uh, Greg had me do pretender, pretender, and early on I said pretender, you know, because they weren't playing well. It's just they weren't, you know, they weren't shooting the ball well. Uh, they didn't seem as connected as they are now. But now, you know, they they're driven and or traced to do what he did the other night at Purdue and and kind of defer based on Purdue double teams the post. They just played, you know, Huchifino and in, in the horns action and and uh, tags Edie in the drop. It was like, okay, they've got they it's not just play through Chase Jackson Davis, and that's the only way we can beat you. Mm. Uh, so that kind of put everyone on alert. And defensively, they took the challenge, you know, right at the end of that low. When they first started to make the run, it was more their defense. Mike got on them and they they started to get it after defensively. Now it's a they've they've found again some solutions of we don't just have to depend on Trace being Trace. Uh, to get it done, and that's scary um, <laughs> because uh, and Trey Galloway's playing well. Like they're just playing really well right now. 
I agree Trey's with everything. So Trey's yeah. so good, T.O. I He's love so that good. dude. I agree with everything Laval mm-hmm. says. Every to the last to the last period. Every everything. Uh, with Hood Shafino playing well too. I mean, like he's getting some serious confidence towards the end of this season. And as they kind of head into tournament play, like he's feeling good. What's up, Laval? You laughing about something? Somebody just said Dodgers falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good, man. I feel good. I've done I've done uh, I've done four shows in the last five days that have all gone past uh, well past midnight. So um, it's 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 a, the kids, man. It's a it's a grind. Midnight it's a grind when you got the kids waking because they don't they don't understand the concept of yeah, daddy was up working late. You can't come no. busting in here at six fifteen in the morning to wake me up. I need to get some beauty rest. No, they, don't care. They don't, they, they don't understand that. They don't. It's, it's quite who'd disrespectful. You, yeah, who would you rather play right now? If you start tournament first weekend. Indiana or UConn? <laughs> That's a catch-22 if I've ever heard one. I Probably, I would probably say UConn because I would make the argument that the two best players in that conversation are probably on Indiana. Um, I think Tra- like Trace is obviously the best player out of that group. And I think that just considering what you need to win in a tournament setting, in a one-game setting, a guy that can get one if everything else gets bogged down, I probably would go, I'd rather play UConn. But I don't want to see either of them. Like, give me give me the region that has, like, Virginia as a four seed or, you know, someone else. I, I don't want – or Tennessee as a three seed. I don't want to see either of those teams. I, I would play UConn just simply because they, they've gone through some offensive lows. If you're able to get hot, like, I'm willing to – you know, that's kind of where I'm at with that one. That one's a hard one. You're going, it's a tough one. You got to answer it now. You got to, you got to, you got to answer that one now. I would right now probably rather play UConn just because I think I love Ochefino. <laughs> when they beat, who was it? They beat Purdue the first time at Iowa when he, he was like, I think they lost that game, but he was, it was like, uh oh, this, this kid. I didn't realize he was 6'5, almost 6'6. Six, six. Uh, so that, you know, that's a game changer. When you're putting him in the picker, he can just hold you off with his body. And mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of his. All right, real quick, 30 seconds on this, LaBelle, but it's something that I've noticed, and I don't remember ever seeing it from UConn. Uh, they did it, it started in the Creighton game, they did it a ton against Providence. Uh, they run an action that allows Sonogo to come kind of off of a pin down, get the ball at the top of the key, about 18 feet away, one on one against the center, and then they run pin downs on either side of them for the guards. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like a straight pin down for someone coming off the screen. Sometimes they set a back screen for someone going back door. But the whole thing is to get Sonogo isolated at the top of the key. Do you like? I don't remember seeing that before, like the last two weeks. Creighton, when they beat Creighton at home, they did it right. No, I, I they might have. I don't remember seeing it. It stood Somebody, out to me when they played. I was surprised. Creighton. He like drove and spun off drive line and laid it in, and I was. And it was made me. It was one of those things I had you know, play, coaching against him a couple of years. I'm like that was new. Uh, pulling him out in the middle of the court like that. And I can't remember who it was, but he's got the ability to do that now. Uh, Cal did that with with uh, Shibway the other day. You know, mm-hmm. pulled him out, let him drive, you know, from the top down. I mean, he had a couple jumpers the other day. You expect Trace Jackson Davis to do that, you know. So mm-hmm. that was a – but I think, again, finding some solutions. Because people double, it's hard, you know, Sonogo. If they can get him in the middle third of the court – uh, they do a great job of that. Painter does a great job of that. Ed Cooley's always done a good job of that. If he's got a good big guy, just pin down middle third feet, you can't right. double. But um, 
I think he's finding some ways to let Sonogo show his perimeter game. But in the meantime, it's it's a matchup thing, right? Mm-hmm. Can't live on it, but that middle third, that middle third post entry is deadly. Especially if you can get your guy to seal deep, like you can forget it. That's, yep. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't have to be complicated. Like we used to just do a single down screen right down the middle. That was it. Everybody else just stand still. <laughs> you get it four times a game. Last one before you guys do your toasts from Brady. Very important question. If Louisville wins the ACC tournament, what seed are they going to get? 16. <laughs> 16. Yeah. 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 16. And they'll they be the most be dangerous 16 seed since UMBC. They might, that might even be a 16 seed playing game. I, you know what? I want that to happen. That's what I'm rooting for now. That's what I want. That's going to happen. I, I want, I'm, I'm, Dark Horse in the ACC, T.O.? Huh? Dark Horse ACC? Clemson I got could one. win that. Clemson I got could win one. That thing. I got one. I would, you, you go first. I want to see if you got the same I one got, as me. Wake Forest. Okay. That's a good one. Like it's a good one. That's not where I was. Tyree going. Appleby, if, if the vote were to happen today after Armando Baycott really struggling, he's the he's the ACC player of the year. He's yeah. leading the league in points and assists. And they and they they score a lot of points to make a lot of three like nine threes a game, and and you got a guy that can just go crazy for a tournament. I was going to go with NC State. Just two really good guards. They got the big they fella could. DJ Burns inside. Like they're. But if you're able to pull out DJ Burns a little bit, like I don't think he can't play more than 23, 24 minutes. Yeah, but he gets you 25 in those 23 minutes, and you just figure out the rest after he's out. <laughs> well, I'm there with you there. Yeah, that's what he does, man. All right, Trevor, we got anything else? Or are we we calling it? Who has a more intimidating stare? Jeff Goodman, Fran McCaffrey. <laughs> well, Jeff Goodman is the least intimidating human being on planet Earth. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. who has the best stare out of all of our coaches that are on this year um yeah i'm gonna say mac because like he's got laval doesn't have that laval doesn't have that in him no the... i don't stare like i got my, my tech isn't i get texts not because i stare but yeah <laughs> so what do you get texts for you can't, you can't because just... i get texts because i'm right and rest don't like when you're actually there. oh that's what it is <laughs> that's a good answer that's a good answer all right uh to start us off toast of the night toast of the night goes to queens uh, it's an easy one queens university charlotte first win uh for their university in a conference tournament good for you cheers to you guys grant leonard head coach there kenny die point guard who's really good uh my cheers goes to queens about I'm gonna I'm gonna do something there. I'm gonna do a league a toast to the Atlantic Sun kicking off kicking off championship week with a, a buzzer beater. Bellerman back won it last year, couldn't get into the tournament, and here they go again. Uh my guy, uh Amir Abdul Rahim, coach of the year in the A Sun. Man one win in, from one win in year one to league champs. They, and they were a dumpster picking. fire when they t- when he took oh, over. Oh, yeah, he's too. done a great job. So just uh, the conference, you know, Richie McKay's there with Liberty, and they got McGee, and well, that's going to be a fun conference tournament to watch. And it was a they started it off with a bang tonight. 
So I'm I'm gonna elaborate on that. My toast is gonna go to us, and I'm not just talking about us on the show. I'm talking about the people that are in the chat. I'm talking about the people that are watching this on YouTube, the people that are watching on Twitter, the people that listen in their podcast apps, the people that listen to us on SiriusXM because it's here, man. This is what we do. Those last four months, we do those. We do we do all that work, all those shows, all that time, all that prep, watch all those games for this month, for March. For these tournaments, for these knockout games, for these buzzer beaters, for these moments, for these time, the, these these things are going to be so memorable, right? That's why we do all of this stuff. So my toast goes out to to us, all of us, everybody that loves college basketball. There is no better time of the year than right now. So for Terrence Oglesby, for Laval Jordan, for Trevor Release, our producer, I'm ready, man. I hope you guys are ready too. Cheers. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.